Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Aces Loaded Podcast. I'm the voice of the Reno Aces, Zach Bayrudi. On this edition of the pod, we'll wind down the 2021 season by talking with Alec Thomas, who's one of the bright young stars in the Diamondback system. He had an interesting upbringing in the game of baseball, and we'll hear all about that. We'll also talk to Jim Gemma, who's the Director of Media Relations for the Las Vegas Aviators. He'll take us on a virtual tour of this beautiful facility. It's all coming up next on the Aces Loaded Podcast, and Alec Thomas coming up after this. In conjunction with the Washoe County Health District, the Aces are thrilled to announce to fans that capacity at Greater Nevada Field has returned to 100%. Tickets for the remainder of the season are currently on sale at RenoAces.com or by texting TIXX to the number 21003. Are you all in for Ace Ball? We are back on the Aces Loaded Podcast. Zach B. Rudy, I'm joined by one of the D-backs young bright prospects, Alec Thomas. Uh, how you doing, man? How's life in AAA so far? Uh, it's great so far. We're in Vegas right now, so great ballpark, great uh, hotel, so it's all good. Did you did you think you'd be at this level at the start of this year? I know things got a little bit strange with, with missing the 2020 season, but when you came into this season, did you have the expectation to be here, or is this, did this catch you by surprise a little bit? Uh, it definitely was a goal of mine to be here, and um, yeah, I would say it was a goal for sure. Take us back to, to your early memories of baseball. Now, your dad is the strength, co- strength coach for the Chicago White Sox, so you were around the game from a very young age. What were your first like early memories of, of the game? Um, just being there with him and enjoying the moment with him and being in the clubhouse and just seeing all the, the great players that have passed by over the years. Um, my dad's been there for a while, so I've seen uh, Jim Tomey, Aaron Rowan, Jermaine Dye, uh, King Griffey Jr. for a little bit, um, some of the new guys, Tim Anderson, Adam Engel, Adam Eden, all those guys. Uh, just um, getting to know uh, a little bit or b- bits and pieces from those guys and then also just being there with my dad and spending time with him it's been great was, was he the big league strength coach when you were like when did he get to to the big leagues as a strength coach um i believe it was 2003 or four but um i was three years old so it's been a long time yeah so your earliest memories are are in a major league clubhouse and not not being around the minor league fields um well, I was born in 2000, and my dad was still in the minor leagues during that time, so uh, my mom was at the games. I was in a, I don't know, I was just in the stands chilling at a, a young age of one, two years old, three years old, and then finally my dad made it to the big leagues, and I got a chance to be in that clubhouse. That's cool. We'll get to, we'll get to the, the baseball stuff and your dad here in a little bit, but uh, take us through growing up in Chicago and, and what, what that was like and, uh, and your first beginnings into the game outside of just seeing it from what your dad did. Um, well, actually, um, my dad uh, moved us to North Carolina. Well, I was born in, in Arizona, Tucson, and uh, we uh, moved to North Carolina. That's where my dad's from, and we uh, lived there for 11 years, and then we moved to Chicago to be closer with my dad, and um, so I got a chance to, so he got a chance to see me play all the sports and everything, and um, I think uh, me making that move to, to Chicago was really good for me and my family so that we're closer together and um, I got to hang out with him more and uh, he got to see some of my football games, not too much of the baseball games still, but he got to see uh, me play. But um, just growing up um, in Chicago was cool, different, way different from North Carolina, but um, definitely appreciate um, where I came from, North Carolina, Arizona, and, and uh, Chicago. How long, when did you start playing football and how long did that last? Uh, 
I started playing football, uh, I'm pretty sure I was like first grade, kindergarten, and um, kept on playing throughout senior year and uh, I was committed to TCU to play both sports, football and baseball, and uh, I decided that uh, I'm going to go the baseball route, no doubt, but, um, but yeah. How much did being drafted 63rd overall influence your decision to, to go play and pursue baseball and not, not go play football? I think I could have really gotten drafted anywhere and I would have taken it because I know that this is the route that I wanted to take being a high school guy. I'm not, I don't think uh, college was, was for me, so uh, definitely made the right decision. Did you have any offers to play baseball at, at Division One colleges? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think uh, it was a good amount of schools, but um, only a handful were, were doing the football and baseball thing. So getting into baseball, obviously you're a little predisposed because of what your dad did, but when did you first start loving the game on your own? Um, I think I always loved it. Um, my parents used to say that I used to throw the ball to my uh, great-grandmother until her arm almost fell off. So. <laughs> I think I, I loved it ever since I was really little. So I would say probably like three or four years old is when I you know, knew that this was the sport that I loved and this is what I want to do. When you shared that with your dad, like did he, you know, some of us aren't, aren't as lucky to have, have parents that will you know, get you into the gym and tell you exactly how to do it, how to build your body from a young age. So I think that really makes a difference. But did you have kind of that, that synergy with your dad when you told him that you wanted to pursue it? And did he help you kind of build your body from a young age to be able to do it at a high level? Yeah, I'm definitely considered lucky to have my dad as a, a dad and, and also as like uh, my own personal strength coach and, and coach. And uh, uh, yeah, ever since uh, you know a little kid, I was always doing some type of crazy stuff in the weight room. Um, but um, once it got serious, we started focusing on on main points um, and maturing in my body. And I think uh, people thought that I was too small or whatever, and and that uh, my dad was always like, it, it, it's just growth. Everyone matures at their own pace. And um, you look at me now that. I, I got a little bit of pop, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying, but uh, got some speed too. <laughs> so uh, I think uh, just having him as a father and, and uh, him knowing what to do and what not to do was uh, really helpful. The dynamics in the weight room intrigue me because there's so many different ways you can go about, you know, building yourself up. You can, you know, I know pliability is big these days and, and things have kind of shifted from the days where you just go in and you try and bench whatever you can bench. But how did you get started in the weight room and, and like how did your dad kind of get you in there and, and not give you too much too soon? Um, I think uh, when I was probably around like seven or eight, I would just mess around in the weight room and bounce on the, the physio ball or hang around on the monkey or the, the arm bar or whatever it is and just mess around. But um, I think uh, maybe when I was around 14, 13, like freshman year of high school is when we started to get really serious about it. And um, I know that a lot of people love to do like Olympic lifts and stuff like that and stuff that, that uh, could possibly uh, you know, hurt yourself and stuff like that. On your body. Yeah. So, for me and and my dad, we just try to do things that uh, that are sports related, and and uh, throw all the stuff that's unnecessary out the window. But um, here and there, we like to dabble and just be meatheads sometimes. But not not too much here and there. But um, yeah, we we uh, definitely uh, make sure that it's all sports related. 
What was the last time you were in the White Sox clubhouse and doing what you do now? Uh, do you still get a kick out of being, you know, in a major league clubhouse if and when you get there? Um, I think the last time was probably 2019 after the season was over. Um, I went to the clubhouse. It was a little different. I mean, being in, you know, the minor league, low A, high A. And going, yeah, going back there and getting some good food and everything and getting the spread that they got, you know, steak, shrimp, whatever you want. Um, but uh, it was just cool, you know, all the guys are really supportive. And, um, but I haven't been since, so because of, you know, COVID and everything. But um, I also haven't been on the field to shag at all either since like 2017 before I was drafted. So um, being in that clubhouse is always cool, always fun and uh, the White Sox have always been good to me, so it's always been good. We're joined by Alec Thomas here on the Aces Loaded podcast. So to take us through being drafted, uh, it was at 63rd overall, right, out of, out of Mount Carmel High School in uh, Chicago. What was that day like, and, uh, and did you know at that point you were definitely going? Um, I mean, I, I had a feeling that, I mean, I think I, think I knew that I was going on, on the first day, just, just didn't know when, and... Um, I had a, a, a little party, um, family, friends, and um, teammates, and uh, it was all good. And and uh, had uh, some family members from uh, Arizona that was there, and from North Carolina. And it was really special for me to get drafted by uh, a team where I was uh, was born in, like I was born in, in Tucson. Sorry about that. And then uh, uh, my grandmother is from Tucson, Arizona. My great grandmother. So uh, it was all crazy everything went full circle um, so it was really cool. Talked to a lot of players who have both come out of high school come out of college and, and the experience seems to be a little bit different for each but the the common denominator I guess is how rigorous the full professional season is did that did that hit you your first full professional season with kind of how long it was and, and the grind especially when you get to mid-July and into August? Um, not really I mean I feel like me playing three sports have really helped really helped out um, now that I'm further away from it, and now I know that you know it's a grind, and um, you got to take care of your body and everything. So, um, like during this stretch right now, uh, we're trying to you know win a ring. Right now, we're trying to win, and uh, and we got to play every day. So, um, just having that mindset, like, hey, just keep on going, keep on grinding, take care of your body, do what you got to do before the game to get ready. So, um, yeah, uh, right now, uh, definitely. Uh, getting towards the back end of the season and, and starting to feel your body hurting a little bit, but just keep on striving through and, and, and pushing through because, uh, you know, we're playing for a ring right now. So You hit 283 in Amarillo. You had 10 home runs. It was the first time you've had 10 home runs at one single stop. Um, did, did the power come around a little bit more this year, or did it just happen to show itself uh, in, in your time in Amarillo? Um, well, it does help that the wind's blowing out a lot in Amarillo. Does but that uh, play pretty small? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Definitely in the left field. Um, but I think it's just me just growing up and maturing into my, you know, man strength and everything. So um, I think there are definitely more home runs in the future. And um, I, I just continue to grow and, and, and build my approach as well. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I'll pays tribute to what I do in the offseason and also just growing up and getting older. 
how would you classify your game? You're a very dynamic player. It's a lot of fun to watch you, and there are a lot of different facets and tools to your game. But would you classify yourself as a speedster, as a power hitter? Like, do you have a vision of yourself in your own mind? Um, I just want to be a uh, well-rounded, you know, player. Just do everything, and just do everything to help the team win. Um, uh, I just I don't want any one particular thing in my game to stand out. I want everything to stand out. So. Um, yeah, so I just want to be a well-rounded uh, player. Um, not It doesn't have to be five-tool, but I mean, it can, you know, dang near be five-tool. So just go out there and try to, you know, do what I can to, to uh, win the game. You strike me as someone that has a very quiet confidence, uh, but here you are, you know, in AAA, and you faced a guy the other night in in Homer Bailey, you know, who was who was drafted when you were what six, seven years old. I mean, these guys are are really KG veterans, you know, and and you're up here competing with them. Has that has that struck you yet? Like how what a leap that is for you in your career? Yeah, uh, I think it was pretty funny facing uh, Scott Casimir. Um, like I've heard of him from before. It's like, dang, that's really him. And and uh, made his big league debut the year you were born or something. Like yeah, something crazy. And I ended up hitting a homer off of him, and then I got a another hit. And it was a broken bat, like dribbler right by him, and he was just running slow motion. I was like, man, he is old. So, but uh, no, no, I'm just messing. Um, hopefully, he doesn't see it. But, but, uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty crazy um, seeing guys that I have uh, seen on TV when I was a little kid, and now I'm getting a chance to face them here in AAA. So, definitely a pretty cool experience. And Homer Bailey has a pretty nasty splitter, and I learned that after my uh, first at bat. But uh, and then I made the adjustment, my third at bat. So um, it's pretty cool facing those guys. What area uh, of your game do you want to do you want to see grow next, or what or work on the most? Um, I would say, I mean, I'm gonna say everything. But I think uh, one thing that uh, I want to get better at is uh, my impact on the bases, and um, I think that's that would be a key factor and uh, to helping me grow as a player is uh, definitely just knowing what to do on the bases and when to steal, when not to steal, and just growing. And uh, I think all that comes with uh, more reps, and uh, I'll definitely get that. And uh, just, yeah, I think that would be great. <laughs> hey, man, we're looking forward to watching you grow uh, the rest of the time you have here and then on in the big leagues. We appreciate your time, man, and uh, good luck the rest of the way, all right? All right, I appreciate it. Right. You got it. That's Alec Thomas. We'll be back to... Uh, have more Aces Loaded podcasts after this. I'm a proud Reno transplant. Uh, the first time that I set foot in Reno actually was opening day 2013, and that was the day that I came to interview for a job with the Reno Aces. I think about what a, what a friendly community this is. Um, you know, I came in um, and was, was welcomed. Um, people, people were, were uh, very open with me and and when I say open I, they were open in the in the best ways they told me what was good they told me what might not be great that we could do better um, but they but I was given a chance what Reno is now is this incredibly vibrant live work play outdoor community there are things to do in all parts of the community uh, our downtown we have a river running through it if we're lucky you're lucky enough to live in a city with a river in downtown it's spectacular, everything that that brings off of it. Um, we're the smallest uh, smallest community that has AAA baseball, and I feel like that's a source of pride. Biggest Little City is a, is a source of pride 
in that we can accomplish anything that the big cities can do, but we're gonna do it in a way that's a little bit more friendly and more inclusive. Creating the, the, the BLC Biggest Little City brand, we wanted to create something that connected to our community beyond baseball. It's about uniting our baseball team to a community. And so uh, we, we want this to be something that, um, that, that our community rallies around, that they support, um, and that also brings baseball players from diverse backgrounds all over the world um, and sort of marks them as ours. When they wear that BLC hat, they now become part of Reno, part of Northern Nevada's um, culture and heritage and history, and we get to support those players you know, as they move through to the major leagues, and they'll always have the BLC in them. We are back on the Aces Loaded podcast. We're joined by Aviators Director of Media Relations, Jim Gemma. How you doing, man? Zach, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks for being here, and uh, thanks for being so hospitable. Obviously, we're here to talk about the ballpark, and, and throughout this, if you're watching this episode, you're going to get a couple glimpses of this, of this beautiful yard, but opened in 2019, Las Vegas ballpark. I just want to pick your brain, I guess, about the nooks and crannies of this place, and, and to start, what, did this place meet the vision that was laid out? Uh, you know, obviously, it's gorgeous and everything, but is this exactly what was planned when, when Vegas was about to get a new ballpark? Remember, we saw like virtual, what it would look like virtually, you know, you put these glasses on, they actually had that for the season ticket holders, and we were looking at it, we were like, wow, and uh, now when you see it, really the lower bowl is a major league stadium. I was just thinking, we have two really good, uh, great ballparks now in the state of Nevada. I really like Greater Nevada Field, and now with Las Vegas Ballpark, we're uh, well represented in the north and south, but yeah, again, the lower bowl is virtually a major league stadium. What what did the what did they actually want to accomplish when they built this? Did they want to wow people? Did they you know did they want uh, to to have a major league feel? All of the above. Like what was the ultimate goal? Well, I think at Cashman Field. This is nothing against Cashman Field. We were there for 36 years. We're basically we did a 180. Uh, the player amenities was very important. I think it's great that the uh, clubhouse for the visiting team. I think I've heard it's the, it's the largest one in all of uh, AAA and probably all the minor leagues. You know, half the time we're on the road, so you want to accommodate the visiting team as well. The stuff, stuff we say, the weight room and the indoor cages and the, and the size and the, just the amenities that the players have underneath the ballpark that a lot of people don't see. I think that was really one of the most important things that we did here. I think what's interesting about this ballpark is that it, it matches the community, which is funny because you're not actually in Vegas, uh, you're in Summerlin, but Summerlin, I was talking about it on air last night, it's kind of a higher end suburb, and, and this ballpark, I think, fits right into everything that's going on here. You have the resort behind us where we stay, downtown Summerlin, and then the ballpark. Was this always kind of the vision for Summerlin? Definitely the vision because uh, the aviators are owned by the Howard Hughes Corporation, and all this land that we see here adjacent to the ballpark, downtown Summerlin, and obviously the visiting team stay at the Red Rock Casino and the sponsorship we have with Stations Casino is probably uh, is a coup. It's probably one of the best things we have here also. But uh, you know the land and all the surrounding areas is the Howard Hughes Corporation which is our ownership. So their vision was great to where they laid this land in. As, as you know a lot of the times the hardest thing to get with these things is the land but it kind of went backwards. We had the land and then trying to make this uh, the way it looks. I don't think you could have planned it any better as far as the lower bowl. In terms of the fan experience and the feedback you've gotten, what's been the fans' favorite element of this field? Well, I think a lot of it, uh, you know, now people, uh, we're in the entertainment business, as you know, even in the minor leagues. 
food options. Everybody wants to know what the food options are and the drink and food. And uh, you know, it's cool about the pool, and then you got the berm. Uh, you know, the bar back there, uh, and then, you know, it's 360, which is great. I know Greater Nevada feels like that too, but going 360, I think the food options is really uh, one of the best things about this place. And the Play Studios, which is where the 22 suites are located in the second level, uh, so to speak. So it all falls into place to a great experience. But also in downtown Summerlin, you got a bunch of uh, eateries and restaurants where if people really don't want to eat here, they can uh, dine before or after the game. So you kind of got many options here in the surrounding area. By the way, this is the Zach on the Road segment presented by My Ride to Work with Jim Gemma, the uh, Director of Media Relations for the Las Vegas Aviators. The video board's quite something. Uh, what, what is the stat on it? Is it the 23rd largest video board in the country? Yeah, it's got to be the best one in the minor leagues. When they were building it, I was like, that's going to be our score. But we just couldn't believe how big it was. And uh, I think what's really cool is, uh, you know, the architects, uh, it kind of makes it a major league stadium with the whole, uh, the way the, the, all the steel girders are up on the left center all the way to left field. It kind of really encloses it more, too. And then, uh, you know, kind of the coup de grace, so to speak, it is the video board. It, it adds so much to the game. There's a lot of uh, moving parts of that thing. There, there is a lot to look at during the game. But it really adds a lot, as you say, the fan experience. Uh, and, and nowadays, uh, a lot of these AAA parks, you know, the new park in Worcester and then uh, Wichita, that's kind of what you almost have to have. I One of my favorite sayings is God is in the details and I was talking about this particular detail the other day the seats the chair backs here uh, they're mesh and and because of that you're not going to get second degree burns when you sit down in, in the heat of summer but I find that that really kind of encapsulates the detail uh, that went into this place when when it was ultimately executed well yeah our, our ownership group did it the right way uh, we have 8,834 fixed seats uh, you know most of those are, are these are the same seats that are in Atlanta where the Braves play but as you know how hot it gets here in Las Vegas they, they really are 40 degrees cooler and really up here in downtown Summerlin our, I think our elevation is like 3,000 it does cool off a little bit better than down in the valley but with the mesh seats and they decided to do the whole stadium in the mesh seats which I think was a great decision and again those are 30 to 40 degrees cooler and they are the same seats that uh, the Atlanta Braves have in their ballpark. Before I let you go be honest have you taken a dip in that pool in center field? Uh, we have had some photo shoots uh, Sky Bolt did a photo shoot uh, that we did the first year and he actually went swimming with Finn the Bat Dog but I know when we uh, clinched uh, in 2019, the whole team went in the pool. I've kind of stuck my feet in the pool, but it, it's a great place to watch a game, and uh, it's a really great uh, feature of this ballpark. Can I swim in the pool next year when I come back, or are you the guy I have to ask? Yeah, no, uh, for sure. I, I have the pool code, too, so we're in good shape. Sweet. Jim Gemma, uh, the Director of Media Relations, Media Relations for the Las Vegas Aviators. Uh, this is Zach on the road presented by My Ride to Work. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Oh, thanks for having me on. This is great. We're back to close out the Aces Loaded podcast after this. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Aces Loaded podcast. We hope you enjoyed joining us all season. My thanks to Alec Thomas and to Jim Gemma. We'll see you next time on the Aces Loaded podcast.